Welcome to Swedish Innovation, the podcast where we talk to Sweden's most brilliant innovators. Real talks and no buzzwords. This is a podcast made by me, Sandra Burpen and Sara Hermansson. Today we will talk to Medea Ekner. She's a museum specialist and chair of board of directors ICOM, International Council of Museums, Sweden. Medea shares her thoughts on the future of the museums and she actually got really, really interested with museums when she was a child because she thought like, why is it so static? Why is it so quiet? Why does nobody talk to me? And since then she has worked with challenging how museums works. We talk about the future of the objects in the museums and what part will the relationships have in the future. We also talk about technology in the museum industry, such as 3D, 4D, VR, AR, and how can museums be used as innovation hubs. Medea also has a real good problem to solve for you who are out there, want to create a company and create this awesome solution for museums. Here we go! Welcome to the Swedish Innovation Podcast, Medea Ekner. Thank you, thank you. Before we start to talk about, since you're a museum specialist, uh, we will talk about how will the museum uh, experience look in the future. But before we do that, let's start off with five quick questions to get to know you better. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) So first question. How do you like to spend a Saturday morning if you can choose whatever? Well, I love Saturday mornings because, um, well, mainly because my home is um, free from children. (laughs) And um, I do exactly what I want. So this is something that I can highly recommend to many people. (laughs) Uh, And I I do have a ritual, actually, uh, that I have been doing for for years and years and that's the most important thing is espresso with hot milk in the morning a book a candle and music in the background (laughs) and i actually do this uh, during saturday mornings so i start my weekends by reading anything actually it doesn't matter what it's just um usually uh not scientific type of um, uh, books because I really like to just uh, start my uh, my imagination for for the weekend that and leave my job behind and everything behind just start starting new you know and I do that in a pajamas like a queen (laughs) sounds amazing that actually takes us to question number two what is the last book that you have read um the last book I, I just finished up, um, The Future of Museums, 28 Dialogues on, on Anthology by uh, Andras Santo, which is uh, who's a Hungarian-American museum consultant for many years. And uh, it's a very interesting book. He, he interviewed uh, a lot of uh, museum directors for, from all around the world about the future of uh, museum which is interesting for us uh, to know and I just also finished up Rövarna i Skuleskogen which is a Swedish Swedish book by uh, Kerstin Ekman 
that I really loved. Third question. Fill in the blank. When I was a kid, I wanted to be blank. I actually wanted to be an archaeologist when I was five years old. That's crazy. But I, I, I didn't know exactly what archaeology was, but I knew that um, they are dealing with old things. And I really loved that idea already when I was five. <laughs> Now you're a museum <laughs> specialist, so that's also kind of taking care of old things. But we will talk to innova- about innovation yeah. in, the, yeah. in this field later. That's funny. Mm. Number four. If it would be possible to time travel, to what year would you travel? Oh dear, um, I would I would love to try time travel anywhere, uh, at any time actually. I'm just possessed by history, I think. So, um, what time would it be? I think I would have to go back to the um, antique eras, like uh, Greece. Uh, during the two um, thousand years ago, three thousand years ago, uh, something like that, a, a lot more far away than just two hundred years. But I, I really love uh, the nineteen hundreds as well, just because we know a lot about it. Uh, I think, um, and the Middle Ages. Oh my God, think about discover the Middle Ages, um, and see that it was not that dark, perhaps. <laughs> that we think that would be fantastic yeah great and the last question for the quick five what trend when it comes to innovation do you follow right now oh one specific trend well because i'm uh, quite um, obsessed by uh, new technology within my own field the museum field uh, that i follow that but i actually have a private thing which is almost like a a, a really a big dream and i think you mentioned it you talked about it in in your in another pod the the electronic motorcycle cake yeah i've been following cake for many years actually i would say from the start because cool. i love driving motorcycles and and i i hope that actually i really hope that i can have my own cake in the future sometimes. Let's uh, you can connect with Niklas Iren that was on a podcast some episodes <laughs> ago. Uh, I actually I was in uh, Stockholm City uh, yesterday I think and then I saw one they have one in a showroom there and I'm like oh my god this looks awesome I love the it's so cool the design but that's cool yeah. and now we know you a little bit better and uh, as I mentioned you are a museum specialist and chair of board of directors for ICOM International Council of Museums in Sweden and like can you tell more how did it all start mm. it started out I think um, I was doing arts 30 years ago and and many more uh, years ago from from early ch- childhood of course and uh, but I shifted to um, art history and then into Uh, international museum studies when I was studying at the university in Gothenburg for uh, 20 plus years ago. And um, from the very beginning, I, I really loved museums because um, because of the history. I just loved history and the arts. 
But I have so many uh, ideas and questions about museums. I grew up in a cultural centers kind of uh, environment where you can do a lot of things. And I, I experienced museums as very static uh, buildings. And boy, you have to be quiet <laughs> when I grew up, at least. But you have to be quiet and nobody talks to you and just really you know, static in, in many ways. And I was very interested of how come we have all these museums and they, they look like what they look like and, and, and act as they do. So it just, um, um, it just, um, I just followed my, my, my intuition and, and I was very interested in the museum, um, as an institution and everything that it holds, uh, all the treasures that I, the way that I saw it from the beginning, all the artworks, and just it, it interested me why museums looked the way they looked like and acted the way they acted, and actually why nobody sp spoke to me when I was there as a child. And a teenager all the time. You, you got you got offended. Like I need to change this uh, museum culture. People yeah, need did, to actually. talk to me. <laughs> nobody talked to me, and I was very curious why nobody talk is talking to me. So, well, I I you know searched um, applied for this uh, international museum studies program, and I uh, felt that this is perfect for me. I love museums, and I want to change them, and that's <laughs> really the way. I've been working since then, actually. That's awesome. So you've been part of this, uh, the change for the museums for quite some time. If, if we look into the future 20 years from now or something, how do you think we will, uh, how will the museum experience look like? Oh, 20 years from now. Oh, you can pick five or 10 That's... as well if you feel it's more, you have more um, insights there. I think it's okay. I think um, from uh, in the future, uh, museums um, will change focus a lot from uh, object to relationships. That's what I think, and that's what I hope for, actually. And um, when it comes to relationship, I would say not just with the general public, as you and me, for example, when we visit museums, but <clears throat> um, but a, a lot more broad than that, um, with changing in the way we relate to uh, our communities uh, from the museum perspectives, the communities that exist within the, um, the same city or the same country or just globally, depending on what kind of objects your museums are, are, are dealing with. And uh, and also a long term relationship with uh, one, what you can say the uh, owners of the um, objects. We have a lot of uh, non European objects, for example, in our museums in, in Europe, and uh, the relationships um, between the ownership and the owners and uh, and the museums um, might change in the future. That I I would think. Who are the owners at the moment? Like a typical owner of yes. the object? It's a very uh, a complex question because sometimes we know 
who the right owners of uh, specific objects or collections are. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we know that this, these objects are uh, from a certain uh, country, for example, and uh, we don't know uh, which group of people. Um, you know, everything has been changed politically and socially in, in our countries as well as uh, many other countries and the relationships between countries. So, you know, all this, uh, all this uh, shifting of relations that is, is going on globally in, in the world, uh, sometimes the museum does not, museums, uh, does not reflect that yet, uh, the changing of relations. And um, I think they will do much more in the future. Uh, I would think so. I, I, if I would say one thing is not, not only um, a much, much more digital uh, innovation, for example, uh, and um, uh, best practice, best practices or like innovating best practices in the future. Um, I think the main um, the main shift can be uh, the shift in mindset towards relationships and yes, then so basically from objects to relationships as you said yeah yes i would think so and that would require uh, a new kind of museum design perhaps yeah where the museum design today is tr traditionally based on what kind of objects uh, a museum is hold and and that sets the um, uh, the museum goals and and uh, uh reasons for for existing sometimes and also relations the type of exhibitions the type of prog programs that the museums is, is working with depends on what type of a museum and what type of museum we have today it depends on what kind of objects the museum is holding so maybe that that can change as well in the future from from uh, from an object uh, based um, perspective to a more relationship based objective than we have to just uh, shift our minds and start from there and not from the objects, perhaps. Yeah, there I think we come into this like innovation, how it can help and like the technology and also I'm sure both like in this, how, how you meet in this space, how it should look like, what objects or is it like virtual objects and also the business model. But let's dig in. Mm. I know uh, that you have talked about before, like, What's the, how, how can you use the technology to get there? And like, what trends do you see um, there? Like VR, AR and mm. everything else. Like what is happening? What changes are being made now? And what innovation are you triggering basically? Mm. Yes. Um, within the museum sector, I would say that a lot of change making is happening um, with uh, organizational characteristics and best practices, like how we do things in our museums, and also digital innov innov innovation, of course. And the two, uh, these two are, are sometimes, um, or more often, uh, depend on each other. So when, when I say organizational innovation, for example, uh, we innovate uh, what the role and fu function of the museum is and can be, uh, for you, Sandra, and for everyone, and for society and uh, the museum communities, um, it's it's a major innovation field, I would say. And uh, here we can find, uh, for example, social social innovation, 
social innovative um, activities in collaborative approaches with what, communities. What can, that, what can that be, an example? It can be uh, any kind of uh, interpretations through uh, from the museum collections, for example, like whose stories, what do we tell, uh, how do we interpret our collections um, together with the community members or members of society. And uh, this has a lot to do with voices and self-representation. So that's a major innovation field uh, within the museum sector. And um, I can also say that we are innovating um, uh, with the museum definition itself, like what is a museum today and what can it be tomorrow? And uh, that's, um, you know... I know that you had some discussions there, right? Uh, yeah. I come uh, internationally, what should be the definition of the museum's future to come did you agree on some kind of uh, definition there or uh... we we haven't yet and it's an ongoing process still and perhaps we land in a new definition this this year actually in in august but we don't really know um well the ideas of what a museum is is has been changing throughout the times and throughout the years since the beginning uh, actually and the museum, the written museum definition has been changed many times. But the the um, the current museum definition is 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 from the seventies actually. Um, we might land in a in a new definition or some kind of new definition in uh, this August this year actually, in in Prague. But um, it it is an international. I would say it's a big global process. So it's not easy to to agree globally on one museum definition. So we'll see what 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 where we you know land in this one. I hope that we can see some changes towards uh, a more um, focus on the the social role of the museum and uh, much more about sustainable the sustainable um, development and the agenda 2030 that we need to to work with so um we have uh, uh, some innovation going on within the sector as well about for example how we manage museum collections um uh, more resource uh, efficient efficiently which you know requires a lot of resources for uh, from the museums and how we build long lasting and meaningful relations with our community and the general public so many uh, sustainable development issues that we need to focus on as well. But when it comes to digital innovation, then, um, I would say that museums are, are acting as innovation hubs today by adapting uh, new technologies for the museum context in-house, like in a in-house innovation. So here we, here we can find the um, academia, creative technologies and, and uh, museums working together and generating unique museum experiences were new and unique for that museum, for, for one museum. So it's, it's quite kind of uh, digital elements and one-offs where the aim is to create something unique for, for one museum, but perhaps it can inspire other museums and other industries as well. 
And I can say, for example, a remote-controlled robot that lets you visit an exhibition or a museum when you cannot travel these times uh, during the pandemic, or you actually physically cannot travel anywhere, not leave your home um, at any time. Uh, Perhaps you can visit a museum in that way uh, when the museum is closed. (laughs) So it's a new way of, of thinking. But when it comes to digital innovation, well, some museums uh, would like to see themselves as uh, innovators just because they are using digital technology today. And um, frankly, it, that's like uh, not in the rest, <laughs> the rest of a lot of other sectors, that's like minimum that uh, they have already done like 10, 20 years ago. So yeah, like exactly. you, were to- you were talking about the different before we before we recorded this, but like uh, the difference digitalization and digital digital. How do you say it? Digitization. Exactly. Uh, Like the difference there. Yeah. For you. So, for for example, uh, one challenge uh, is the in the museum field is digitization of the collection materials, uh, where you convert analog information into digital information and make it accessible online for every everyone. This is a main challenge because or a huge effort because. Well, only the, the Swedish History Museum in Stockholm has, has a collection of 10 million objects representing over 10,000 years of history. So in a digitization process, um, the, a museum has to make some kind of a selection, digitize both the objects and the current information about these objects and make them searchable, findable and relevant for, for a general public. But then... Um, you need to add interaction and in exchange of information to that, which is a huge challenge, but here uh, a, a huge innovation process can be happening. So for example, uh, a museum collection from your ho- own hometown, Sandra, for example, uh, could open up uh, for digital interaction and, and exchange of information where you can see and add information and stories to an existing museum object, object that you can personally relate to and then add your own digital objects and news stories and in that way expanding the context of the of the objects and build meaning together with a museum or me as a private person yes yes that's cool so everybody can contribute and i think that could be happening in the future yeah a trend for next year is this i I learned a little bit about it like web 3.0 it's basically via blockchain bringing back the control everything we upload on facebook facebook owns right so Mm. uh like that we can contribute but still own our own uh information and maybe that's also some part of i can contribute to uh uh, it's crowdsourcing for uh, creating a really good uh, museum experience that's so cool yeah 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 um, but I would also add that while, while museums are occupied by, by di- digitization, meaning consum- consuming technologies that, uh, and not changing technologies, and in, uh, in that way occupied with a process that uh, is now not really likely innovation, but maybe it's okay because uh, this process will most likely lead to innovation somewhere in the future. Yeah, but I'm thinking about the system that you uh, need to report all the 
articles like how you do it, do you do it automatically via some scan, who writes in this all information, then this IT system needs to keep track on everything, it needs to be searchable. Uh, what is the, um, the supplier of this software? Is it like startups or you work together with the suppliers, like to, as you say, to demand some innovation or you're the, uh, yeah. Sometimes uh, uh, the museum is creating their own platforms, which is quite limited often. And sometimes uh, museums are using already existing uh, platforms for that or soft softwares. And yes, you are totally right that the the ownership who, who owns the information is is quite uh, an important thing for for museums in 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 that way. Uh, there I'm thinking about like I don't know if you can call it business model if you're uh, if if your goal is not to earn money but um who owns the information what's the goal what's the purpose let's say that nobody owns this information like let's share it throughout the world everybody can have a look at this like that could be a huge um upside for everybody like uh, but but maybe that's not uh, why is it not shared uh like the information what's the driving forces behind this who owns the information yeah i think um <clears throat> that uh, that museum uh, museums wants to open up the information and wants to share information uh, and more and more in the future, and uh, and work perhaps more open source in that way, uh, if you use that <laughs> that vocabulary, uh, because uh, there are museums in 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 the world that has uh, they're saying that our collections belong to the public, uh, but then of course you have uh, you have to use platforms that. Um, like, like, uh, like, for example, um, Facebook, that you don't own your own information. So it's more like that uh, kind of uh, uh, ownership issues that is, you know, a question. So that not uh, uh, major companies, international companies owns, own your information and information that you actually want to open up for the public. <laughs> yeah. The, then we have a huge possibility here for you who listen, who want to start a company and think you have a solution for this. We have a problem here to solve, right? So that can create some innovation. We do. and uh, But, you know, museums can do a lot more. And I would like to see more digital innovation that museums and the cultural sector as a whole is, uh, is uh, driving, pushing digital information forward and creating new tools tools and methods that are not in the market already. And I, I would like to see more cultural driven digital innovation overall together with the academia and industry, actually. Um, from our point of view, with the aim to um, empower people and, and society, of course. Yeah. So like more in partnership. Um, yeah. When it comes to other technology, I'm thinking of virtual reality, augmented reality, 3D elements and online exhibition and maybe hologram and 4D as well. Uh, what do you see there? What is happening? Uh, like maybe in a more near time, not 20 years from now, how will we, what technologies are emerging yeah, there are actually research um, finds uh, that show us how uh, the use of new technologies in museums are 
are actually connected to success factors, which is very interesting. Cool. And uh, um, today, the reasons for applying new technologies in museums are many, for example, and mostly to attract more visitors generally, of course, and then um, adjust content to the general public to diversify the museum audience and to attract more on-site visitors and online visitors uh, overall. Uh, these are, the, the, the last one is the activities that has been, you know, increase, increasing since the, the, the COVID lockdowns, as we all know. But the types of um, technological tools uh, used today is, I would say, um, audio, video elements, touch screen still, <laughs> audio guides still, I think it's perhaps moving away. Smart objects like QR codes, on online exhibition platforms, interactive elements in the exhibition environments. And VR and ER is, is increasing, as well as 3D and 4D elements uh, and holographic uh, elements are actually uh, is experimenting and used more today. And How can a 3D or a 4D experience look like in the future? Uh, is it when I visit the the physical museum or? Yeah, that's interesting. The 3D part is both uh, used within the museum environment or exhibition environment and also digitally online online experiences. And the 4D elements, for example, holographies are, uh, some museums are, are experimenting with it. And I really think that, that we have something to do there in the future. I think we have a lot of possibilities with 4D, for example. And also you know, speech interaction, <laughs> machine learning. Uh, but the type of uh, technology that is used more and more is uh, web and, and mobile applications, actually. Live streaming, gamification, portable uh, multimedia guides and podcasts like this, for example, more and more. But in the future, I think we are mo moving uh, towards more immersive experiences, which is exhibition or museum environments that integrates technology and design and storytelling in, in one big hub. And in a, in a place where you don't you don't even think about that you are using tech technology anymore it's not like pushing buttons and something happens when you do that it's a kind of a human and technology interaction that you, that is you know melted together and you don't think about technology anymore it's just part of your experience which is a kind of a post digital kind of experience that we are moving forward to as uh, the um, whole society is getting more and more digitized and and of yeah. course we are moving towards a more post uh, digital uh, you were talking about building relationships rather than museums focus on objects i think we all recognize the pandemic uh, we have been home for so long like not talking as you said when you were a kid nobody was talking to you and the same we're like interacting online but there's something in our humans we need to see each other face to face as well how can you use technology you think to create these relationships um yeah yeah it's um 
I think the relationships uh, with the objects are also very important. So I, I really don't say, not saying that we, that objects will not matter because they do always. This is our, our material culture and our history. Um, it's very important that we keep safekeeping it, uh, of course. Um, but the relationship between objects and humans and between humans and between the institution and society is perhaps, you know, coming together more and more and uh, perhaps uh, more looks like a partnerships in the future than visitor experiences. So when I say visitor, for, ex for example, or audience, it, this is really uh, words from history. I don't even want to use it anymore today. So tomorrow we will not be able to use words like visitors and audience and, and users because it, that does not apply for partnerships and close relationships. So um, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but using digital technology, I think we can, can help us to create new kinds of relationships where the... the um, um, new experiences with sharing and exchange of ideas and, and international cooperations is getting more and more easy and more and more applicable uh, into our practices today. So I, th I would think any kind of uh, digital you know, tools and, and methods that connects people will be, is very help helpful for museums. Okay, yeah. That answers my question. What do you think is the next step for a muse uh, museum industry, like in the near future here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think, as I said, the immersive uh, environments and technology that is, um, we are moving from uh, pushing buttons, uh, touch screens towards uh, um, Environment, digital environments more is uh, is what I can see from from here to the future more and more, and that involves uh, holographic, for example, elements and three D, four D elements, and a lot more than I I'm not familiar with, I guess. So, um, and I think uh, that when museums open up. Um, Collaborations with uh, um, the the technology industry, uh, for example, and the academic academia, we can um, we can find you know new ways of um, exploring these um, museum-like experiences. Um, yeah, so basically, the future is partnership. It's the museum, the innovators, maybe the the technology owners, or what to say they. You have a demand. They, you together with academia as well, uh, bring out together. You know what problem to yes. solve, and then together you create this innovation and like yes. how the how the future. Uh, and here the position, museum. yeah, and here here the position uh, of the uh, the museum needs to be a, a little bit different than today because today uh, the museum uh, is making a kind of a demand for example we need this and that and let's you know come together in an innovation hub and work out how we will do that but i think we need to take a step back and say that we have certain needs 
like mapping the needs of the museum to create a deepened relationship with this, uh, for example, visitors in, a, for, in an exhibition, for example, and coming together with the, in a innovation hub saying that we know our needs, but we have no idea how to do this. So now we have to create something new together. Um, not saying that we need a touch screen, we need OD guide, we need to have a, a 3D section here. Just uh, take a, a step, step back and saying we have this need. These yeah, needs. like more cus- customer-driven and demand. What does, exactly. Or the customer, the visitor. What, what's, what's actually, what do they need and how they should be delivered? That's like a question for later, right? To trying it, to prototype it. What's the best solution? Exactly. And uh, the technical expert, you know, will not be uh, occupied with trying to to uh, meet the museum demands on the touch screens. <laughs> Their task will be how will how can we do how can we meet these needs in any way? Yeah. And Medea, what is your top tip to all leaders out there uh, who is leading innovation or maybe we should focus on partnership we want to because you talked a lot about this importance of partnership to foster innovation um what's your tip Mm. Uh, firstly I, i would think that you have to decide that you want to innovate and you also also have to um just explain to yourself and others why you want to innovate uh, in a way, then uh, I think uh, you need to find partnerships and start very, uh, very low level, I would say, or at least maybe high level, starting with needs or very high level, uh, perhaps. But you need to start there and not, you know, having all these all kinds of imagination about what innovation is and, and how it has to look like. Then you have to create this uh, cross-sectional teams on uh, you know win and lose and try again and you know making mistakes and and of course uh, in partnerships with other arenas in in society as the academia and uh, entrepreneurship and uh, the industry perhaps working together and um, I think um, you need to find um, the right uh, entrepreneurs and the right uh, industry that has the same values as you have where you actually want to make an impact in in society itself and and empowering people and you need to you know understand all parts that that is our our mission here and um somehow have some kind of common goal or vision uh, what to accomplish That's awesome. Thank you so much, Medea, for joining Swedish Innovation Podcast. I guess if people want to find you and connect with you, they can find you on LinkedIn, right? Medea LinkedIn. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very good. Good way. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining the podcast and uh, for all great tips. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you for inviting me and having me. And I hope uh, I can inspire someone out there. Just one person, that would be great. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you like what we're doing, remember to subscribe. And if you really like our podcast, don't forget to give us a five-star rating. 
Remember, innovation is what makes the impossible possible and it will all start with you.